Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Grow You podcast. Grow You is a podcast based out of Woodlands Church in Plover, Wisconsin. Our hope is to help you better engage issues going on in our culture with the truth of the Bible. If you have thoughts or questions, we invite you to continue the conversation online at the Grow You Facebook page. Come like the page and leave a comment. We hope you enjoy today's episode with your hosts, Matt and Nate. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Grow You podcast. There is another episode. There is another episode. <laughs> with Nate Mike, NMB. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. I'm hoping that dies in season two. Nathaniel Miguel Brown? What's the word for brown in Spanish? Café? Is it, It's not café, is it? You can look it up. Brown Spanish. I'm Googling this right now. Um, café? Marrón. Oh, well. <laughs> marrón. I think they're both. Google tells me it's marrón. With the double R so I can roll it. Anyway, welcome to the Grow You Podcast. Oh, this is bothering me that I was wrong. It's... Ooh, Nathan Miguel Marron. Marron. Ooh, I just love rolling R's. Anyway, welcome back to the Grow You Podcast. This is uh, Matt and Nate. We're here to talk again about uh, issues of scripture and theology and engaging your faith and... Talking about stuff. Stuff. Big life issues. But today, uh, we want to talk about the importance of the local church. Uh, And this is an interesting topic that you may not even know that you want to talk about or would need to talk about, but we're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So, Nate, I'd like to pose a question to you. Yeah. Um, Did the local church matter to you in college? And if it did, why? If it didn't, why not? Yeah, great question. That's three questions, I suppose, but... Great questions. Uh, Marron. Marron. (laughs) But, yeah, I I would say it's... um, I'm going to give a little background on my my story because I think that helps frame why I was thinking the way I was in college and things like that. So I grew up um, in the Catholic Church, uh, but for me personally, it was more um, just a, a thing that we did culturally as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until high school that I started to actually consider faith a, l- a little bit more seriously in what uh, I actually believed about things rather than just going and doing things. So my involvement in a local church prior to college was pretty much zero. Mm. I went to a a youth group for a little while in my last year, but it it wasn't like I was very involved. So going to, going to college, it was a a new experience. Um, and I came to know Christ, um, during my time, uh, late high school and then early college. Um, and I was a part of the navigators and that was a big Mm. part of my ministry, um, where, uh, I would, um, lead Bible studies on campus with freshmen, or we would hang out with friends from my class and kind of read through the Bible with, with classmates mm. who didn't know Jesus um, and things like that. And uh, I was also, uh, I would attend Black Hawk Church in Madison. Yeah. Um, and then I was also involved with the kids ministry, hung out with some three-year-olds uh, during that time. Nice. Um, but actually I, I think I had a pretty jaded view of the local church, mm. uh, when I was in college where, uh, why th- was that? Like what? Yeah. I think my, my viewpoint, uh, based on my 
observations basically from afar. I wasn't really in the trenches mm. um, at the local church. And so my observations from afar were that everyone who's doing college ministry, uh, just seeing as it was a, a daily pursuit, reaching classmates, reaching people in my dorm, etc. Um, those were the people who were really following Christ and trying to make disciples. And then mm. everyone in the local church was just kind of selling out. And then mm. they meet with their life group once a week, maybe, or once every other week. And, wow. uh, and so that was my viewpoint, honestly, during, during college. Um, and I don't think it was until after I graduated and reflected back on what was really going on that I, I saw the value of the, what the local church um, was doing and what it was for me even mm. um, at the time. Does that make sense though? So that far, does that does? Um, I think that, I think that that makes a ton of sense. Where like we were just talking about this prior to this episode is the idea that we. Um, I, I went to a Christian liberal arts school <clears> that <throat> I, I you know I, I liked my experience. I didn't love it uh, partially because I think uh, I visited my friends in state schools to get a taste of what normal life was like because yeah. uh, the Christian private school, the liberal arts school was like everything was a missions opportunity and everything mm. was everywhere and it was always like what church you what local church you going to? And there's a lot of church hopping and like you just go to the next coolest church that uh. plays the most Hillsong music or some crap like that and whatever. So yeah. it was I mean there there's so much of that culture that there wasn't the culture of like I came to know the Lord in a really deep way in college. I, I didn't right. do I I came to know the Lord at a semi well I mean I was like uh between my eight between my eighth grade year and freshman year of high school. Sure. That's really when I, like, I owned my walk with the Lord. And so, like, I grew up in church, and I just transferred to another place where a, a lot of other people grew up in church, and yeah. that was kind of the case. And so I think um, I missed the idea of the, the parachurch ministry yeah. in college. Like, I never really experienced that where, I, like, like, a crew or an university or a navigator. Like, I never really yeah. um, walked through that, Yeah, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I guess in college I just held a, a tension of that where um, I I knew in my head that there was some value to the local church, especially seen as, like, my brother-in-law, um, well, now both brother-in-laws and my father-in-law, like, all pastors at local churches. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I just knew that there was there's something going on there, mm-hmm. um, but I, I didn't really engage in it uh, too heavily. And... Uh, when I reflect back, though, I, I do see huge, um, huge ways in which um, being a part of Blackhawk during my time in college was super foundational. Mm. One of them, uh, when I was able to plug in with the kids ministry, was to see that there are parents who love their kids. Um, and mm. um, when I would spend time with three-year-olds as a college student, I realized how crazy their lives must have been and kind of what what can it look like to help this little three-year-old come to know Jesus. And I had no idea how to do that when I was teaching Sunday school, (laughs) but they were really nice. They gave me like a way to do it. But I I think um, it helps, it helped reform my idea of what it looks like to make disciples within a family. Mm. Um, And then there were people uh, who were also part of the Navigators ministry, but also um, uh, more heavily involved with ministry through Blackhawk Church. And they were retired people um, and so I got to see how they, uh, in their phase of life, were walking with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I didn't really reflect on that stuff until I, I was gone. I think that I had my blinders on and yeah. was pretty prideful mm-hmm. um, in college, thinking that what I was doing was the most important and, mm-hmm. and the best thing. And uh, 
But I, I just think that one of the things, one of the many things that has been valuable and was valuable for me uh, during college of the local church was the um, multi-generational reality and, and learning from people in different phases of life with different struggles, with different um, things to be excited about. So mm. that was that was one of the benefits. Yeah. Um, and having a place of um, extremely sound biblical teaching was huge. I had Tim Mackey was my teaching pastor and Chris Dolson yeah, when well, I was in college, which is just... Neither of whom really know how to talk <laughs> to people. <laughs> which is just crazy. But uh, that, that was a huge... Have they ever talked to a crowd of people? Uh, maybe just once or twice. But, uh... Clearly. <laughs> so I don't know if that answers the question. It does. Um, well, the question was just your experience, so... Yeah, and now I have totally different thoughts about the local church and yeah. what it can be. What but, are your thoughts about the local church? Oh, uh, no. And what they can be. <laughs> you, you start. You go next, man. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Um, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, no, but I think I think you raise um, an interesting sentiment that I, I, you know, I'm not a college student anymore, obviously. I have gray in my beard and inside of my head. It's not super noticeable, but it's, yeah, it's noticeable. Maybe it is more noticeable, and I'm just in denial. Who knows? No, anyway, it's not noticeable. Thanks, buddy. Um, You're welcome. But uh, you know, I, I think you, your sentiment in college is not that different from what many people would be. I think when we dive into our walk with Christ, there's an, an image of world-changing ministry that looks sexy. That is that ministry that's like, I'm going to go free slaves from human trafficking. Good, do that. Like that's great. No, seriously. Keep that same awe and wonder of the power of the gospel. Keep that. You should. That's very important to do that, and you should pursue that. Did you know that I helped start Force of Freedom? Is yep. that why you brought that exactly. up? Exactly. Okay. I, I didn't I, know I, if that was just a total... Uh... I did know that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did know that. Uh, so, backstory. Nathan Miguel Marron and I... Uh, Marron... Uh, we met through oh, yeah, a, that's um, right. a, through an event that Nate was actually putting on in Madison, and I uh, led worship for it. Um, was it Freedom Week down in Madison? Yeah, we did Freedom Week. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, this is six years ago. Wow. Probably. This is six years ago. Um, before Nate was married with a kid and stuff, before I was married with a kid, yeah. uh, we were just young bucks, just banging our antlers against trees and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> um, <laughs> So, <laughs> anyways, you should just go back to your point. I just, Dang. I didn't know if that was random, but I forgot that that's uh, how we met. That's how we met. Anyway. Uh, anyway, uh, no, but I think it's it's really important to have those big visions of what ministry is. But when you talk about the idea of ministering to that three-year-old or, like, doing, like, teaching Sunday school so that that family can go to church together and grow together as a couple, mm-hmm. um, all of that is equal gospel ministry in God's eyes. Like the ministry of teaching a three-year-old, whatever concept the three-year-old can grasp out of scripture, great. You know, in Deuteronomy in Deuteronomy uh, 6, there's this idea of conveying, 6 and 7 really, there's, I, well, actually, a bunch of the early chapters in Deuteronomy. <laughs> Sorry, I keep catching myself. Um, this concept of conveying the truths of God's word and the commands of the Lord uh, at a young age, just in normal life, mm. though, as you're walking down the road, as you're sitting at the table, a modern, you know, m- m- translating that to modern context, when you're tying your kid's shoes, when you're playing in the backyard, talking to your kid about what grass is, like, there's there's this beauty in that ministry, too, of teaching that kid that yeah. and starting a child out in that foundation. If you start that child out in foundation, in the foundation of the gospel, um, 
that's equally as world changing mm-hmm. as freeing a slave from human trafficking. I, I, like that's like mm-hmm. there's nothing in scripture that delineates and says like actually this is a bigger deal. I think our our human context wants to label something as as bigger and better, mm-hmm. and so I think there is some of that attitude of like we're evangelizing people, we are reaching out to people, we are doing X Y Z, and what's the church doing? Like the church is. Uh, getting involved in politics too much and the church is saying what are they supporting this and that candidate or they're doing yeah. this and we we tend to miss the forest <clears throat> through the trees about the ministry that is done in local churches um that hits all age ranges mm-hmm. of all varieties and you mm-hmm. know pastoring in a local church that's one of the most difficult things being a worship pastor specifically in a, in a local church like you feel that mm-hmm. where there's there's generational differences in the music that people like you know and it's not right. about what it's not just about preference it's about it's not about like what preference you like to listen to it's about singing to the lord with fellow believers yeah uh, that corporate worship that's what the big deal is but people have preferences in that and their generational preferences, and it's hard to meet those, meet those desires. Was it was it Francis Chan? Someone said, oh, "I didn't really like worship today," and he's like, "Oh, good, because it wasn't for you." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, you didn't like it? Well, that's a bummer. It doesn't really matter, I guess. Um, like your opinion matters, but guess what? It doesn't. Um, what did God think about it? God apparently didn't like your worship either. Yeah. Uh, um, no, that's a uh, it's it's a reality that I think we can call out here and say. Um, local church is not as like, and I would, I would say it's not as big, but bigger, better, sexier because of the fact that one, you're not in your peer group anymore. And when you move outside of your peer group to different generations, you see what different people are passionate about. And I think, I think there's something to be said of some group psychology thing. There's gotta be something about this, about when like, <laughs> when you're in like your, your peer group, you end up passionate about the things that your peer group is passionate about and you're influenced in that. And so when you have a group of college students who are like, uh, where ministry leaders push something, boom, missions becomes the thing right. or, uh, freeing people from human trafficking becomes the thing. And all of these things are valid and good and beautiful and right. But, um, in the local church, you have generations, different peer groups, all vying for very different missions and all equally as honoring to the gospel of Jesus. So I, I- you can correct me at any point if anything that I say is wrong, but I think that this is this is what my view of the the local church has kind of come to. Mm. Um, first, I think I think when from what I've learned that when the church is talked of in the New Testament and maybe the Old Testament, but they're talking about the gathering of people, like it's never talking about maybe ne- maybe never is not the right word, but it's often not talking about a, a building or a specific church, but it's talking to like, it's not saying like, Oh, woodlands, but it's saying the, the gathering of people in Ephesus or the gathering of people mm. in these other places. Yep. And, um, and so in my mind, what the local church has become is the work of fellow believers in the community and in the world that, that they're working in. Yep. And that, um, for, for a student who is at UWSP, who is a part of community church or um, Woodlands Church or whatever church they're a part of, if you're ministering to your people in your dorm, you are an extension of the church of Christ. Yep. And I think that's a huge um, thing that's changed in my mind where mm. it's not like, oh, the local church is uh, this gathering of uh, of programs. Yeah. 
and that's it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think the local church is programs. I it's think not, that the yeah. local church includes programs, which help in the di- rounded discipleship of people. Yep. Um, but it also includes what you were just talking about with each person's passion. I was talking with Dave Hansen, and he was telling me about a guy who, for a good number of years now, um, <clears throat> has been... Um, helping at a place of peace. And so, you know, I just think that's, that's what the local church is doing. And if you're, what I've learned from entrenching myself at Woodlands is that every time I've gotten frustrated and thought, Woodlands is not doing this. Mm. (laughs) I've actually learned that, oh yeah, somebody is doing that. There are are people who are passionate Mm. about that. And that's the local church. It's not just what you see uh, with your eyes when you come on a Sunday. And I think that was my frustration in college Mm. was that I wasn't entrenched to actually know, oh, that actually is the heart of Woodlands Church because there are people who are pursuing that. Yes. And, and so I've, I've been really convicted about the way that I thought about um, how good I was in college and how hmm. good the ministry was I was doing and was in college. Uh, and I just think, I just didn't know, you know, yeah. I just, I think that the local church is doing so much more than we even know about, or Matt, you're in it. So you like know a lot of the stuff that's happening. Yeah, but... Um, but as a, as a person just, uh, who has become a member at Woodlands and has been learning, I just think that the local church is, is so much more than just the programs you see advertised on Sunday Yeah, because there is so much more happening. Yeah. And I'm a little bit passionate about that, I guess. Oh, cause my heart great. rate is up, but <laughs> it's elevated. Yeah. Cause I think I, you mentioned something about the new Testament church and, and even, even what gathering of faithful followers of God were in the old Testament and. I mean, in the New Testament, they call it the ecclesia, yeah. or in Spanish, you'd say iglesia, right? But mm-hmm. or ecclesia is like the uh, Greek equivalent of that. Actually, iglesia is the Greek equivalent of ecclesia. One was around before the other. Uh, but like <laughs> ecclesia is just the gathering of people. Um, in Greek, Greek language uses two words for crowd. And sometimes ecclesia is translated as crowd, but laos is a bigger crowd of people. Um, mm-hmm. The masses, like it was a laos that was chanting... Uh, Laos was a crowd of people that was chanting, crucify him, crucify him to Jesus. Ecclesia is the gathering of people who gathered in little house churches to worship Jesus, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's how the kind of New Testament differentiates some things like that. Yeah. Um, but of the church, like it's important for college students, I would say specifically to get involved in local churches Yeah. Uh, because of the a couple notions. One, the theological notion is that when you... Um, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, that he is God, that he died for you, that he rose again on the third day and he will return again. If you believe these things about Jesus, you are a Christian. And if you are a Christian, you are part of Christ's body. And so the Apostle Paul in Colossians 1, um, he says these, these things about Jesus. He says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. And there's this, Paul uses what's called a genitive of a position, meaning he says two words in a genitive case. And it's a Greek literary device that basically says if you switch, uh, in this case, the head and the body, or head head and the body and the church around, that phrase, head and the body, head of the body, and the church around, they're interchangeable. They're be, they are to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. If, you are, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are part of Christ. You are mm-hmm. part of his body. He absorbs you into himself as part of him, and he is part of you now. You guys are inextricably linked. And... Um, 
So whether you like it or not, you're part of the church. Mm-hmm. But the reality, uh, the reality is then um, that what you're, you know, if you're involved in campus ministries, you're involved in a parachurch, meaning it's an organization that intentionally reaches a specific peer group. Uh, that's an, again, a parachurch is an organization that will intentionally reach a specific peer group with the gospel. Um, but that's not a local church. <clears throat> and I think if you ask any of those staff members at those <clears throat> the parachurch ministries like NAVS or IV or crew, they will tell you, we are not a local church. We are a ministry that reaches a specific group of peers, m- namely college students in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what you end up seeing, though, uh, is that you don't learn lessons you don't get you don't glean lifetime wisdom from your peers. You glean lifetime wisdom from the people who are doing different stages of life, from the parents of the three year old, from the elderly couple who you get to occasionally see at church. But you don't learn wisdom from those people for the rest of your life until you actually get involved and meet those people. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to equate the local church to the book of Proverbs a lot of times, where the book of Proverbs is a book written to young people who are inexperienced who don't know everything about the world, even though they might think they do, they don't. And that includes myself, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's written to these people with wise st- statements, but you never quite get it until you're willing to submit yourself to it and uh, hear from it. Mm-hmm. And the local church is very similar to that, where <clears throat> I don't think you quite get it until you give into it and say, I'm going to be part of this, and I'm going to do a lot with it. And you glean stuff from it. So that's why at, like, at Woodlands, like, our goal is to connect college students to Woodlands Church <clears throat> and not just other college students at Woodlands Church, but right. to elderly couples at Woodlands, to middle-aged couples at Woodlands, to, to, and, and single people. Adopt and a student program. Adopt a student program. <laughs> like we, want pl- we want students to be plugged into different families so that you don't ignore wisdom of the future right in your face. Yeah. You can actually say... You know, 20 years from now, when you're married with a kid, you can say, what did that couple do in this scenario? What do we do right now? Oh, I remember at Woodlands, so-and-so did this with their kid. That seems mm-hmm. like a decent idea. Yeah. The body of Christ can influence itself. Um, and you learn so, so much about the rest of your life right now that if you don't involve yourself, you actually have to learn through experience rather than learning through those who have done it already. Mm-hmm. Learn through your own experience and mistakes or learn through the experience and mistakes of others so that you can better honor the Lord mm-hmm. walking forward. Yeah. That's kind of the choice there. So, that, I mean, that's a huge deal when getting mm-hmm. plugged into the local church. I mean, that's, of course, keep doing parachurch stuff, but also find a local church yeah. uh, and uh, find a local church and get involved in it and plug yourself in. It doesn't have to be Woodlands Church. It can be a church that yeah. preaches the Bible faithfully. Yeah. And adheres to scripture. Yeah. I, yeah, my huge charge, um, <laughs> to, to myself <laughs> yeah. first, Matt, are you still in your twenties? I am. Thank you. I'm 29. Okay. 29. About to turn 30 though. Word. I just, I just feel like for, for us in our twenties and I guess some college students aren't, aren't yet 20. Um, but for us in this age range and we should have a posture of questions. Yes. And so that's my that's one of my huge charges to us is we should be asking questions and asking for wisdom and not assuming we know the answers including that I include myself first. Mm. Um and I th- I think one of those huge ways that you're going to be able to to do that and I'm going to be able to do that is by being a part of the local church where you can ask people who are older than us um the questions that that we need to be asking. And it's just yeah. so valuable um 
and and I think it's a two-way street. I think that the local church um, needs college students to be involved and a part of it yes. so that the local church can learn from from your experiences growing up in, in the culture in college. Like, it is vital. And for, even more than that, truthfully, so just sorry to interject on that, yeah. even more than that, from a stage on Sunday morning, like when college students aren't passionately, aren't there, like over break, <laughs> like right now we're recording this last episode over break, and like... There is one side of the sanctuary that, with all due respect to the rest of Woodlands, just kind of feels empty because, yeah. like, college students aren't there. Yeah. And they often, like, lead worship. Like, I'm a worship leader there. But they often lead worship in how passionately they engage yeah. with with singing praises to our God. And our church learns from them. Yeah. But that's an example of the local church, yep. right? Yeah, I... You are as much that I cannot say to the hand, you're not important like yep. that, you yep. know, that yep. kind of thing. Uh, right. And so you as a college student are vitally important to your local church. Yeah. So whichever one that is, please like, be there for them. Yes. Like they, you are as much a part of them as they are a part of you. And so please do not pull away and, and not include yourself. You yourself are going to get a ton out of it. Um, and you're going to learn more about Christ. And so is everyone else there through you. And so please plug in. Agreed. Agreed. Pl- plug in, if not for the sake of now, for the sake of what happens after college. Yep. The stats of students leaving college and continuing their walk with the Lord are pretty grim. Sad. The stats are not high. They're not positive. Students who are involved with campus ministry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's not to say the campus ministry isn't doing anything, that, because they are. They're doing a lot. Yes. Um, but. That is seen in. I think the it, statistics. Yeah, when it's uh, that is seen this in this eh, the stats can't talk, but it's important that the parachurch and the local church work together, which is why you know I love our relationship at Woodlands with campus ministries because we do work together, and our goal is to actually like see students uh, transition out of college healthily too. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the local church is vital to doing that. It is vital to you continuing a healthy walk with Jesus after college because your peer group isn't provided for you anymore. You don't meet friends in the dorms. You don't meet people in classes. Um, you meet people because you put yourself out there in ministry to honor Jesus, and you you meet awesome people on the way, and those become your community. That becomes your community now. Um, community isn't spoon fed anymore, so you got to go get it right. And it's, <clears throat> it, yeah. be- it becomes a lifeblood for you, <clears throat> and you become lifeblood for it. So, um, pretty awesome. Yeah. With that said, we are currently out of time. Yeah. Thank you again for joining us. This is officially the last episode of our first season of Grow You. So thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us for this semester, and we look forward to the next season. Indubitably. Indubitably. So Nate, Miguel, Marron, signing off with Matt. If someone can confirm that cafe is another way to say brown in Spanish, I would very much appreciate it. Just let us know on our Facebook page or something. Pretty sure that means coffee. It does, but I think it has a dual meaning. Because coffee's brown? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but yeah, ways to keep in touch with us. Uh, we'll, again, just, I don't know why I feel like I need to say this. We can also edit this out, two edit outs. But we, uh, you can find our Facebook page. It's College Age Ministries, mm-hmm. Woodlands College Age Ministries. Woodlands College Age Ministries, yeah. Um, and so you can connect with us, connect with us there um, and or the uh, Woodlands website. Yep. Boom. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Grow You Podcast. 
If you have thoughts or questions, we invite you to continue the conversation online at the Grow You Facebook page. Come like the page, leave a comment, and share the podcast with your friends on social media. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And again, thanks for listening.